Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Ten twenty-two here on SENZ. And, of course, it's panel time. James McConey from Crowd Goes Wild fame. Mark Hinton from Stuff. He's their rugby and basketball expert there. So Mark Hinton, uh, good morning to you. You, you will have been watching this uh, saga of the All Blacks going to Perth, not going to Perth, etc. Uh, spill out over the weekend to the point where the Aussies may just want to send us a bill for five million bucks. <laughs> yeah, good morning, Smitty. And good morning, James. Um, yeah, this is a real soap opera, isn't it? Uh, <clears throat> Trans-Tasman relations, not exactly... Um, the best at the moment, and I would suggest uh, um, that's probably not good news um, for New Zealand rugby going forward. This, we have to figure out a way to, to work with these Australians, even though it, it seems problematic under this Andy Marinos, their new CEO, who's, who's coming across as quite a bolshy character, isn't he? Um, look, um, uncertain times, difficult times. I'm, I'm not sure playing the blame game is the way to go, you know, you get into a he said, she said situation. I'm pleased Mark Robinson's pulled back from that. Um, but the Australians came out really hard, didn't they? Andy Marinos first with a statement. And then Dave Rennie with his comments. Very Obviously very disappointed the Oblacks didn't make that trip. But you can't blame them, can you, Smithy? They had, they don't even know what the schedule for the rugby championship's going to be. It could be in the UK. It could be in South Africa. It could be in Australia. You know, if you're a CEO of an organisation, um, you're not going to send your guys into the unknown when they're going to be away for three and a half months, not back till the end of November. So, look, uh, um, ugly situation. Uh, Trans-Tasman relations are clearly not good. But I, I personally, from what I know of this, and I'm not sure we all know everything, I can't blame New Zealand rugby for their decision. I think it, it was a sound one. Uh, James McConey as well as as well. And James... Uh, yeah, uh, it's not a great thing because we work so alongside uh, Australian rugby in so many things, including uh, the Bledisloe Cup, which uh, people are starting to question the value of that. And then, of course, you've got Super Rugby Trans-Tasman as well. It's not a relationship that we uh, we want to lose, is it? No, it isn't. I mean, first of all, we're doing them a favour, aren't we? I mean, we just put 57 points on them. We're actually, they should be thanking us for uh, taking a little diversion here. But The one thing that I think probably should be taken into consideration is that even though it is a risk going over there before you go, and I was just thinking as long as the Western Australian government's happy, uh, it probably is a a risk worth taking because you can still play that game and then head for Europe, uh, all things considered, because I do remember before the Tokyo Olympics, everyone was saying this is going to get shut down and in no time this is going to be the worst games ever. And we just enjoyed probably one of the best um, sporting uh, fortnights. And so I don't think it would have been any skin off anyone's nose if we'd just gone. So, James, where do do you see uh, this rugby championship right now? Where do you you see probably it being played? 
I, I wouldn't know. Mark would know better than me, so I should probably hand back to the, the day-to-day rugby journalists. But uh, those v- venues they're talking about, it sounds like most of those cities, they're, they're trying to... There are crowds allowed. Um, I just saw Paul Cole win the, the British squash open, so I'm sure Mark's at the, at the forefront of that. So I'll, I'll get to you, yeah. I'll get to you, Mark, on that. We'll get to Paul. Yep. We'll get to Paul Cole shortly, Mark. Um, uh, yeah, look, yep. it makes sense to get crowds because that's that's the crux of the whole issue, which effectively rules South Africa out, doesn't it? Absolutely. Look, South Africa is uh, uh, can host the rest of the championship, but in front of empty stands. What is the use going into a, a you know quite a high risk kind of community? Um, to not generate any money other than to meet your broadcasting commitment. So I think you, I think you rule South Africa. I think it's a straight decision now between playing it out in Queensland, where there is going to be apparently some uh, movement allowed in and out uh, with with um, um, quarantines able to be served by teams and continue training, or up in the UK in. Uh, you know, based around the sort of London, a bit of Europe or whatever, in some of those big stadiums up there where there are now no restrictions. Look, the sensible one, Smitty, take it there. The teams are all heading up there in November anyway. Push the rugby championship back a few weeks. Maybe play that game against the Wallabies en route, as Jimmy touched on. Then head up to the UK where they can give the expats uh, some real entertainment, make some money, go into a big market, play in the right times for the broadcasters in the north, and uh, play this championship out. Look, we, we just want to see these teams meet, particularly the All Blacks and Springboks. And if they can do it in, in full stadiums, even better. Because look, that when that when this when this clash happens, it really means something in 2021. Sure will, absolutely sure will. Speaking of uh, things that matter, James McConey, and uh, it's a bit of the pot and the kettle here. But being the fantastic physical specimen that you are, and with a strong background in squash. <laughs> You will have got you will have got a lot out of Paul Cole making history for us overnight. What a great achievement! Well, we've all played squash, haven't we? Especially if you're from a small town, it's the one place where you know you can get into a room and get sweaty, and it's all just good, good old fashioned <laughs> fun, very primal. Um, and I'm not talking about the swingers parties either in Tiamutu. I'm talking about a game that you know it really is actually a, a backbone of like growing up in New Zealand and. Should be an Olympic sport. But what Paul Cole has done, beating the world number one, going through, no easy draw. Um, yeah, he's world number three at the moment, I think. Or that's going to climb. But he has just uh, he's just worked his way to become a legend. He's already been the Superman of squash, diving around the place and uh, straight out of Greymouth, which I love. So this is, this is a sport that doesn't get enough um, kudos. They must look at the Olympics and go, wait a second, Badminton, table tennis, tennis, even tennis, even though they've got majors, they're invited. What the, what the hell do we have to do? So uh, I'm, I'm really stoked. And that's huge because I know Ross Norman, um, he made it to the final uh, a long, long time ago. Mm. Smithy, you'd remember that. Yep, 1986, mate. Remember it well. Uh, Mark Hinton, where does this rate for you? I know it's an Olympic year. We get a bit knee-jerky over things, but, uh, and we tend to react very quickly. But for me, this is right up there. Yeah, uh, early contender for Sportsman of the Year, I think. British Open crown, it's the second biggest event in in the sport outside the World Championships. No New Zealand males ever won it. Ross Norman made the final, lost to Jahinka Khan. As you touched on, the great Stu Davenport, another squash name from back in the day, uh, never won this. 
only ever been won by Susan DeVoy and I believe Leilani Joyce once. So um, fantastic achievement. It will be. It will be make him a finalist for the Halbergs. Thoroughly deserved it. It will take some beating. Um, this is a guy that's been knocking at the door for a while. He's a great story, as Jimmy touched on. West Coaster, um, a, a, a real get, grit, gritty, gutsy Kiwi athlete who's fought his way, but, you know, been close to this result on a number of occasions, and to see him finally get it, fantastic. So we'll take some beating for a Halberg, I reckon, Smithy. Good on you, Mark. Stick, stick around, fellas, because uh, I've got another fairly emotive issue to just uh, run past you. Right, gentlemen, uh, Trudy touched on it during the news. Uh, the All Whites are looking possibly to change their name um, of the national team, so that might disappear. This is on the back of um, you know, a, a wider process going through to ensure that they're up to the mark when it comes to cultural inclusivity. Uh, and apparently they've been uh, gauging feedback on the potential change for at least six months. Uh, right, Mark Hinton, what's your take on this one early on? Uh, PC madness, Smithy. This is just crazy. All I can think is that maybe New Zealand football um, are worried that they haven't been in the news for a little while and have, have hatched a plan to get people talking about them. I mean, this is just crazy. Why would you even include this um, under the topic of cultural, you know, cultural sort of sensitivity and awareness? I mean, uh, the All Whites are not named. Uh, it has nothing to do with culture or race and everything to do with the colour of the shirts they wear. So under, under this type of thinking, we're, we're the Reds, the Blues, the Boston Red Sox, the Chicago White Sox, they've all got to think about changing their name because naming after colours gets too tricky. Look, it's just crazy, Smithy. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I think it's, it's, fi- it's looking for and finding a problem where absolutely none exists. Um, yeah, New Zealand football, we're talking about you at the moment, but to me, this is just crazy, and it's something we shouldn't really be discussing because it's a non-event. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, I'm of the exact same opinion. That where does it stop? Where, where does it actually stop? Um, James McConey, I, I know you, you take a, lot, a light-hearted look at most things, and you probably can at this one as well, but it's a little bit more deep-seated than this, and it, and it could get uh, a little bit ugly. Yeah, because it looks like if that's the reason why, they might be able to actually um, get this through and change things. I, I just worry that, um, that sort of changing for for the wrong reasons. My my only reason that I probably, you know, didn't like the All Whites so much is that it was so derivative of the All Blacks. Like, just name your team. This is I'm going right back to the 80s. You know, find a find a name for your team and just um, for your own reasons. Uh, whereas everything seems to have stemmed from all blacks to tall blacks to, you know, black ferns or whatever, which is fine, okay? We've done that, and um, and it seems to have worked for us. So I just can't see the reason to change it for, for that alone. I would have thought that maybe um, somewhere along the line they might have wanted to change it for another reason, like, hey, let's just name ourselves after, you know, one of a native animal. Maybe not the tomtits, but... Um, unfortunately, the Tukara, which was the coolest one, has been taken by the baseball team, but... You know, the, I think the reason, um, yeah, I mean, I was in South Africa. It was awkward um, a couple of times uh, saying what your, um, in the 2010 World Cup, what your national team was called. But like Mark says, it's not about skin colour. It's about the name of the shirts. That's what they went with. And it became 
um, a pretty recognisable brand. Well, I'm a little bit with you, Mark, on this, um, maybe looking for some sort of acknowledgement that they're still alive and kicking because I just can't, I just can't for the life of me uh, understand it. I, 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 surely, they've, surely they've thought through the colour of the shirt's issue. They must have done that. Yeah, it's, it's just crazy, Smithy. Um, um, I can't, you know, I, I can only think New Zealand football are thinking, well, let's get people talking about us. I mean, that, that has to be it because at the end of the day, you know, you're just creating a controversy where none exists. Um, have you ever heard anyone say, oh, I'm really disappointed with that name? I, I kind of agree with, with James about the kind of nastiness of kind of having all these names that were a derivative of the All Blacks. But then that speaks to the power of that name and that brand. And I guess, as James said, over time, we've got used to it. Even, you know, I'm a basketballer and, and the tall blacks kind of didn't sit well with me initially. But then through usage, names become accepted. Um, and, you know, yeah. and we've had the controversy over the Crusaders, haven't we? And look, there's different reasons for that. Maybe I can kind of see where that goes to uh, around, it, you know, what... Um, what things stand for and what emblems stand for and things like that. You can make a case there. Um, but even that, even that I thought was a little bit crazy. But this, hey, this is just creating controversy when none needs to exist. Mm. Yeah, well, if they're consistent, James, if they're consistent, and uh, the, the key words here for me are cultural inclusivity. Inclusivity suggests everybody. Uh, if, that, if this yeah. happens, if it goes through, then we certainly have to look at the All Blacks, we have to look at the Tall Blacks, we have to look at all other, I mean we haven't got for goodness sake, at least we're, none of us are silver, well, my hair is, so we, perhaps we wouldn't have yeah. to change the silver ferns but you know what I'm saying? Oh, um, and also we don't have as many um, animals as Australia I mean they haven't even touched the wombats or the platypus yet and uh, or the cassowaries and we're over here the quaggers? going, we're actually we don't have enough, you know yeah. Oh, the oh, quackers. I, I just... yeah, the quackers, sorry, mate, you're right. <laughs> the quackers, they have, the beautiful cute They quacker. have touched but, the yeah, quackers. But... <laughs> you're not allowed to touch them, by the way, but they are very cute. <laughs> the thing is is that if you, is, is the precedent, um, I agree with you guys, if you say that that's got to be the way, I, I, I know I know it's coming from a good place, and I think that's fine. That needs to, needs to be acknowledged, but it's also like, Let's just um, be strong enough to say this team isn't. It's not about that, and there's other ways to show that their inclusivity. I mean, they did take a knee at the uh, the Olympics, the Ollie Whites, and um, you know I thought that was. Or was it the football fans? Look, I, I, I think there's um, there are other ways to show that they are an, an inclusive sport, and I think there's been nothing to suggest that they're not. So yeah, that is a bit um, strange. Uh, Mark, on the show the other day, we had uh, a delightful young lady by the name of Charlize Ledger Walker on. Of course, uh, she's uh, yeah. making uh, big, big waves in the NCAA program for women's basketball. Uh, just how big could uh, Charlize Walker be, uh, Ledger Walker be, in a name on our horizon? Oh, massive. She um, almost certainly, Smithy, she's going to make the WNBA, uh, which only one New Zealand woman, Megan Compain, in the league's first ever year. Um, this is the pinnacle league, like the men's NBA is. The NBA is in men's basketball. The WNBA is basically the women's equivalent. It's not quite as big as the 
NBA or nowhere near it in terms of the money and so forth. But it's it's considered the pinnacle league. One New Zealander ever played in it, Charlize Lega Walker. You can write it down now. She will be in that league. Her first season as a um, freshman in NCAA basketball, where she you know broke all sorts of records for Washington. Uh, I think average nine on twenty points a game as a freshman, first time playing. And NCAA uh, was just incredible. Has her on that path. Everyone who understands the game in the States uh, is suggesting that she, she will be a WNBA BA player, which makes her arguably our most special player ever. Um, and I guess for a kid that debuted for the New Zealand senior women's team when she was, I think, 15 or 16, um, was, be, uh, was uh, I think, won a school's national title or was certainly in the final every single year. She was at Cambridge uh, High School there um, where she went to school. Um, She's always been on the track for something special and uh, looks set to deliver with everything we've seen so far. And from a very, very special family too. Her her mother, Leanne Walker, was an absolute basketball legend. And all of the daughters are very, very good players. So, um, yeah, she is on the the path to stardom, Smitty. And... Pretty soon, uh, Megan Compain will no longer be able to say she's the only Kiwi to have played in the WNBA. Fantastic, Mark. And uh, from my point of view, just talking to her, it looks like she'll take it in her stride uh, very, very easily. Mark Hinton and James McConey were our panellists this morning. Uh, some wonderful opinion there, and that's what it's all about. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.